name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> One God, Amen. Today, the Gospel reflects the feast that we just celebrated on uh, Friday, which was the Feast of the Apostles. And the Feast of the Apostles is a reminder, we, as we just finished up the Fast of the Apostles, it's a reminder that, again, this is not a historical event, just like any other, um, just like the, the whole Bible. We just don't read the stories to remember something that happened 2,000 years ago, but it's to teach us that we are disciples and we are apostles. And there's many ways we can talk about this um, this gospel reading. We could talk about it in the sense of we are called to be apostles and to go spread the word into different areas of the world and to go and evangelize and to go on mission trips and to go to different places. But today we're going to be talking about it in the sense of that when God sent us, He sent us here. So think of our mission trip to Northridge, our mission trip to the San Fernando Valley. And the way to think about that is he gave instruction. Our Lord didn't just send people out. Our Lord didn't just do things haphazardly. He sent instruction, he taught, and then sent them out. In chapter 9, he sent out the disciples, but he had a different plan for the apostles. And he and uh, the beginning of this gospel, he says, After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also, and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. What's interesting here is that it teaches us that when we were sent here, whether we were born here, whether we grew up here, whether we were brought from another country, another state, wherever we came from, now that we're all here, we have a mission. But the beauty about this is he starts off his instruction by teaching and saying, I'm there before him. I will go there before you. It's to ensure that you're not alone. Like sometimes we feel alone. We could be at work, we could be at school, we could have tough friendships, tough relationships, and we could feel alone. That no one understands us, that no one is with us, that no one hears me, that I might feel invisible. But God here is saying, I'm sending you, but everywhere I'm sending you, I am there also. I am there before you. And then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. So the first thing we know, that God does not put us in any situation without him going before us. That him going to the same places. He says, I will send you to the places where I'm about to go. You're not alone. You're not alone. Same thing St. Paul said when he was leaving Ephesus and he went to Jerusalem. He says, I have no idea what's going to happen. Things were great in Ephesus. At this time, things were fantastic. The church was growing. There was a lot of events. People were coming into the church. Things were fantastic. But God made it clear to him to go to Jerusalem. And when he was doing his final speech in Acts 20, he said, 
I have no idea what's going to happen. All I know is God will be there. The Holy Spirit is leading me there. And I know there will be trials and tribulations. It will be very hard. But I know that God is there before me, so it doesn't matter. I talked to some people that recently came from Egypt. And when I talked to them, I said, oh, you know, like, are you coming here because life was bad there and you want to start? No, no, no. Life was great there. Life, 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 life was fine. So I'm curious why they made to, like the move to move everything in your life, everything that you know, everything to move to another country across the world. If things were good, why did you do it? And one family told me, it's because God made it clear that we have to come. And, and we went back and forth a little bit to figure out what that really means. And the more they talked, the more I realized that this wasn't just kind of a decision, okay, let me, let me just go try it out. Many people come because of persecution. Many people come because of a bet for a better life. Those are the norm. That's what my parents did. That's what many people did. But in this case, it was just very interesting to me to see that there were people who came because God made it clear for them that this was the right move. And the more they told me about their story, it was miracle after miracle after miracle that made it seem that this was from God. When God puts something in our life like that, when God opens up a door, he, He's basically telling us, you're not alone, I'm going with you. But then the next point he says in the instructions are a little bit tougher. He says, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Saying, in the place that you're going, you are outnumbered. In the place that you're going, you are outnumbered. The harvest is plenty. There's so many people. There's so many different religions. There's so many problems. But the laborers, the servants, the Christians are few. They're few. There's not that many. There's not that many uh, strong believers. You might be the only Christian at your job. You might be the only Christian in your classroom. You might be the only Christian in, in, your, in your friend's group at school. You might be the only acting Christian in, your, in, in wherever you are. But that doesn't mean you're alone. Because Christ here told us, the harvest is plenty. There is so much harvest. There's so many people. But the labors are few. We're always going to be outnumbered. We will never reach a point that we're going to outnumber, like the Christians are going to outnumber the non-Christians. At that, because Christ taught us. He taught us here. He says, it's not, it's the harvest is plenty. Christ didn't say the harvest is plenty right now, but in 2,000 years, no, no, no. He says, the harvest is plenty, the labors are few. This is the formula that we go in. That's why in Sunday school, for example, you can have two servants and 50 kids. 
the ratio will never make sense. It will never make sense. And as you get to, to higher classes, the lists get higher and the servants get fewer. And that happens. But it's the idea that he says, I will go before you. The next thing he says, go your way. Behold, I send you as lambs among wolves. I look at this verse and it's interesting. Because when you think of God, you think of someone who's always protecting us. We just read the gospel last week of the feeding of the 5,000. He's always taking care of our needs. He's always helping us. He's always protecting us. He's always guiding us. But now he says, I will send you as lambs among wolves. What happens if a lamb, a little lamb, goes among a large amount of wolves? What's the picture look like? The lamb's not going to last much longer. The wolves just got their breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And he's warning us that there are people attacking us all the time. Now, it's not just wolves in the sense of people saying bad things and persecuting us, but the wolves are everything around us. The wolves are the media around us. The wolves are the people around us. The, world, the wolves are the temptations around us. The wolves are the, the bad thoughts around us. All of these things guide us. All of these things teach us that we have to put our guard up. St. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, a beautiful breakdown of he starts off the chapter by saying, we're in a war. We're in a war. But this war is harder. Because guess what? This war, we can't even see those who are battling us. This war, there's invisible, it's an invisible army. There's fiery darts. There's an invisible, invisible darts. It's an attack. It's very bad. It's very, very tough and very, very bad. But he says, put on the armor of God. Put on the armor of God. Many of us live in this world and we know that there's wolves and we know that we're outnumbered. But we don't, we're too lazy to put on the armor. That's like somebody in the army waking up one day and he knows that there's a certain battle and he just wakes up and he says, I'm too lazy to put on my bulletproof vest. I'm too lazy to put on my gear. I'm too lazy to take out my weapons and my, my helmet. I'm just, I'm fine the way it is. I'm fine. I'm not going to, it's okay. And it doesn't make sense. If we saw somebody like that, it doesn't make sense. To the point where right now, if somebody is riding a bicycle, if they're wearing no helmet, everybody panics. And we say, no, it's the law. You have to wear a helmet. Like, be careful and this and that. But we ourselves are walking out into the world every single day without our helmet, without our armor, without our sword. And doing this puts us in a very tough situation. 
the lamb among wolves has no chance if we're not going in with God. The Bible is, is filled with stories of this. King David, King David, when he went um, against Goliath, how did he know a little boy, a little boy? Sometimes we think of King David, we think of him later on, the man who wrote the Psalms, the man who, 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 who fought all these great battles, this adult man. No. King David, a little boy, fought against a big giant monster. This big giant, he stood in front of him, he had defeated everyone. How did King David, who wasn't a king at the time, he was just a little shepherd boy, know that he can defeat Goliath? Because he saw what God did in his life beforehand. He said it. He said, I fought against a lion and God protected me. I went against uh, different animals and God protected me. So he went in with confidence knowing this is a piece of cake. This, this Goliath, I have no, I'm not scared. I just beat these animals before because God was with me. It's very important for us to look at our life and see what God has done in our life in the past, what, ha what God has gotten us through in the past in order to be able to go against the wolves. If we don't, We'll, we will lose the battle. If we don't take God with us, if we're not wearing our army, uh, our armor, we will lose. We won't. We don't have. We don't stand a chance. The next thing is, he says, carry neither money bag nor knapsack nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. Money bag, knapsack, sandals. Food, clothes, all our needs. He says, don't take anything with you. Don't depend on yourself. Don't depend on yourself. There is no way that the lamb is going to defeat a bunch of wolves. What does the lamb need in order to defeat the wolves? He needs a shepherd to come with his stick and to get rid of all the wolves. He needs the shepherd to come in and take the lamb and hold him and protect him, and they'll be fine. God is teaching us here. He's saying, he's telling the apostles, he's saying, when you go out, you're going to have many battles and trials and tribulations. Don't try to fight it with using your own tools, your own weapons. Don't use your own ability. Sometimes we're at work or we're at school, and some something happens to us, and we try to... To, to fight back using our own ability. Somebody says a bad word to us, we fight back with another bad word. Somebody hits us, we hit them back. And this, this is the way of the world. We have no chance. We have no chance. You won't out-devil the devil. You won't out-evil the devil. But what we can is we have this special ability. We have something that no one else has this we have god with us god guiding us that he says no 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 i'll show you how to handle this 
When you have an enemy, somebody says something bad to you, turn the other cheek. Somebody hits you, turn the other cheek. Somebody hurts you, pray for them. Somebody curses you, bless them and pray for them. What? The world would be confused. If we're walking in the, in the way of the world, it's not that the, he doesn't want the lamb to become like a wolf. He wants the lamb to stay pure, stay as a lamb, but ask the shepherd to guide him through the problems. The rest of the story, he says, there will be people who don't listen to you. This isn't a, a, uh, a formula that says, do this, do this, do this, and you will, everybody in Northridge, everybody at your work, everybody in your school will be Christian, they'll be in church the next Sunday. He says, people are going to ignore it. But it's okay. Dust off your sandals and move on. Move on. It's okay. They ignored Christ. If they ignored Christ, they're going to ignore us. But the idea is how we approach the world, how we approach our problems, how we approach difficult situations. It's very, very important to acknowledge that when we go out, we go out with God. That's why we have a special ability. The apostles are regular people. A fisherman. St. Peter was one of the main disciples. This man rose people from the dead, was healing the sick. How? He's a fisherman. He's a fisherman. Non-educated. But he was doing it because he went out into the world with God. Everywhere he went, he brought God with him. This, uh, the last thing I'm going to say is when he said, no knapsacks, no money bags, no nothing, depend on me. St. Peter used these exact words when he went right after uh, the, the, after Pentecost, when he went to the temple and he saw the lame man. And it's a lame man beggar. So imagine the same thing when we get off the 405 here in Roscoe, you'll see some, maybe sometimes people sitting at the corner or you're driving around, sometimes people are sitting at the corner asking for money, holding up signs. That's what St. Peter saw. St. Peter was walking and he saw a man sitting on the floor Lame man, can't walk, can't do anything, asking for money. And he asked St. Peter and St. John for money. How did they respond? He says, I'm sorry, I don't have anything. I'm, I don't have any money. I don't have any, like he says, uh, gold and silver I do not have. I don't have. I didn't bring any money with me. But what I do have is the Lord. I have the power of Jesus Christ. And as he said that, he says, arise in the name of our Lord. And he rose. So he went in there with nothing so we can depend on God. Last story I was gonna, I'm going to uh, share. When we went on the mission trip to Kenya a couple years ago, 
we went in there and we prepared, we bought all these donations and we brought all these gifts and we bought all these things and Bibles and every different thing that we can prepare ourselves. When we got there and we're standing in front of like the service, there's nothing we can do. We had to depend on God. Completely dependent on God. When we go out into the villages, it's me and God. Anything can happen. But I depend on God in those moments. The reason why we feel that is because here we're surrounded with so many things. So it's harder to depend on God because we depend on our material things. The more we lessen the value of our material things, the more we depend on God and glory be to God forever. Amen.